that's something that I came over here with. So, you know, with that already in mind, it was like, all right, well, I can't stop. So that's where the, the, the whole idea of if you get knocked down, you better get back up because nobody's going to help you up. And so, yeah. And then going through my own life trials as an adult, you know, like we all, everybody is, you know, you got to figure out ways. You have to find ways. And, you know, for me, it's, it's been, I've been knocked down more times than I can, can count, but I, I, and I don't say, I don't want to say, I, I'd say it with pride, but if there's anything to be proud of, it's like, all right, well, nothing, nothing kept me down. And I'm at a point now in my life, man, where it's like, nothing's going to keep me down, mm. you know? So instead of walking through this life in fear, like I used to, or hoping something else might ha or hoping something else might not happen. I'm like, let's go, you know, let's go life. What you going to throw at me? Hi, I'm Denzel Dionso and you're listening to Shift. For the past several years, I've been trying to figure out what wellness is. So I gather people from different walks of life to talk about all things related to wellness, optimizing your body, mind, and spirit. Listen in and join me every Sunday as I try to create conversations that will inspire you to take action with your health and be the most resilient person you can be for yourself and other people. Don't forget to follow and check all of my content on Instagram at BeWellWithDenzel. Shift your body, shift your mind, and shift your life. Hey, what's going on? Today we're back with yet another episode for Shift. This is already episode number three. And if you haven't, I invite you to join in in our conversation for the first two episodes. The first one was with Samantha Kapunan. We talked about healing, aligning the body, the mind, and the spirit. And then the second one was with Nikki Diaz. We talked about Kundalini Yoga and challenging the status quo. But this time around, we have a very, very special guest because this is someone that I have a huge respect for and someone that I truly admire. And we're going to talk about building resilience and bouncing forward. And there's no better person to talk about that than this guy that we're going to have in this episode. And I have a huge respect for this person, not only because he is a great basketball player, but at the same time, he's a great person overall. How he carries himself on and off the court is something that I feel so many people out there can learn from him and from his story. And just a matter of fact, he just retired and hung up his jersey, I think, the past three days as of this recording. And this is an episode wherein we can celebrate his illustrious career and a rich career that he had. His name is Kelly Williams. He is a former PBA champion, most valuable player, best player of the conference, and a former national team player of the Philippines. But beyond that, he is also a painter an artist, and a creator. And what many people don't realize is so many of these athletes also have a life off the court. You know, I think it's very easy to judge them as athletes to have rainbows and roses, thinking that their life is just pretty good all the time. 
But just like a normal human being, we all suffer from setbacks and tough situations. So this is an episode wherein we dive deep into how he was raised as a child, how, you know, being raised in Detroit, the hustle, the grind, and just the process itself, how it contributed to how he perceived his reality. Um, so we talked about learning from setbacks and how he rose up to the challenges that he has experienced from major injuries to personal challenges in, in his personal life and, you know, how he stopped blaming other people for what he has experienced. I think this is the major lesson that he had learned throughout his career, you know, taking control of his own life and just putting, just making himself accountable for his own decisions and for, for whatever outcome that he has. On this episode, we also talked about hope, courage, and faith. I think, you know, in life, so many people are are lacking self-faith. And it's not about we're lacking hope, because all the time, I think we're hoping and wishing for better outcomes. It's just that I think people have less faith in themselves. They don't know how to get to the right direction. And I think through past failures their own worth and dignity has lessened. And that is why it is very paramount and important for us to not just build hope, but to build the courage and our faith in our own self to fight through these challenges. Last but not the least, we talked about fatherhood. You know, it's something that we cannot talk about whenever we have Kelly Williams because you know, he takes pride in being a father, being available for his children, and you'll understand why when you listen in to this episode. Um, I invite you to subscribe, to share this episode to your friends, to your loved ones, to whoever who is needing inspiration, because I really feel Kelly has a rich story that can contribute and impact people who are just needing support in general. And just a side note, I'm also plugging in and promoting his second book, but it's not yet out there. But I'm just giving a heads up to those people following his career or just wanting to get to know more about Kelly Williams. He is currently writing his second book. I actually read his first book a few years back, but as he said, he is now a completely different person from how he wrote that book. So it's something I'm very, very looking forward to. I think he, you know, the, the story itself that he can offer to the world is something we can all um, learn from. So don't forget to subscribe, to share, and tag us on Instagram at bewellwithdenzel and at kxwilliams21. So we can see your Instagram story and share it. The more people we can reach, the more people we can inspire. And that is what all, Shift is all about. We want to inspire people to shift their perspective, shift their body, shift their mind, and shift their life. So without further ado, let's now bring in the one and only, the MVP, Kelly Williams. Kelly Williams, what's up, brother? What's up, Denzel? Appreciate you having me on, bro. Thanks for, for being with me here right now in Chef Episode 3. 
Um, this is something that I'm really, really looking forward to speaking with you because, correct me if I'm wrong, I, we had this talk before, um, before a game, and it was one of those talks that I really value and had an impact with, for me because, you know, I've known you for the past several years already, even when you started your career in PBA. But there's only a couple of players that I really have a huge respect for. And, you know, when the, that word comes into my mind, um, that's Kelly Williams. And, you know, um, and there's no doubt that so many players around the league also have that respect for you, not because you're a great basketball player, but also, you know, you as a person, how you carry yourself on and off the court. And that's something that I really, really take pride and value you as a person. So, yeah, welcome. I, I appreciate that, man. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I, most of my career, yeah, I, a lot of people don't, I think most people don't really see uh, the, the, the behind the scenes stuff, right? And that's one of the reasons why I wrote Rising Higher years ago, right? Just to kind of give people a look behind, you know, the curtains for me, because uh, it hasn't always been pretty. You know, my process isn't, isn't it's not something I would go and, and say, you know, like a lot of motivational speakers are like, you know, you do this, this and that. And it's like, you know, the mountains I've had to climb and go through, man, there's, there's some ways I've done it great. And there's other ways I've did it very poorly, you know, and, I, and, and, and a lot of the teams and, and coaches that I've been with have seen the, the ups and downs and have bear the brunt of it. But one of the things that I've tried to hold myself to is, is my own higher standard is, is just trying to get better. And I think that's what most people have seen through my career, you know, going through some of the downs and, and being able to get back up. Um, and a lot of times getting back up and, and going through the process, kicking and screaming, you know, but you know, it, I, I think that's been, that's been key for me. And I think I've defined my, my career and, and my, I hope I, I've, I've defined my life in, in that way, man. So for, for you to say that, I, I really appreciate it. And there's just, there's just so many resonance with how you, you actually told your story with me because like me, I'm also into fitness and, I don't really know you that much personally. That's why I'm really having this chat with you. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong as well. Uh, I heard you in a podcast called The Ultimate Fan Hub. And in that podcast, you told them that you're such a complicated person to understand. And I think that goes back to your past and a lot of the trauma and experiences that you've had in the past. And that's why I wanted to really dig deep into that because I think a lot of people don't really understand that basketball players also have a life off the court and they just think players just dribble and shoot, you know, but there's just so many intricacies and so many things happening, going on in your lives. And you're all, you're a human being first before you're an athlete. So I think that's a, that's the number one uh, perspective that I want people to understand that athletes also have a life off the court. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, just like you said, we're all human. We're all in this thing together and we all go through, you know, our, our tough times and our battles. And, you know, it's, it's just, it just so happens that basketball is something that, you know, well, for, for players, that's just something that we stuck with and, and put our focus and our energy on. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, you know, coming, coming out of Detroit, coming here, 
and and having to adjust was uh, the first big hurdle. Um, and it, it was all off the court stuff that I had to adjust to. But just to, you know, since we're, we're kind of into the more of the fitness thing and, and less about basketball today, uh, I'll just give you a short background of how I ended up getting into fitness so seriously. Um, yeah, the beginning of my career was awesome. You know, I, I jumped off to a great start and then about three years in, I had a really bad health scare in, in 2009 and it just, it shook my life, shook my world. And it was a whole nother adjustment, you know, um, struggling to get back on the court, you know, questioning if I should even continue playing, doctors telling me I should stop playing, players telling me I should stop playing, management, you know what I mean? Hearing that surrounded by clouds of negativity um, and even within myself and just really trying to find a way to break through that years of it, uh, terrible medications, and it just destroyed my body, destroyed my mind, and I really allowed it to destroy my life. And once I felt like I was starting to climb out of that hole, you know, I went through a separation, and marriage was terrible. Uh, my, my kids ended up leaving with, with my now ex-wife, and starting over again from scratch. And at, at that time, basketball was getting better. I was starting to feel like myself again, but you know, my life was all out of, it was just in disarray and I wasn't happy and I wasn't happy with, I was more so not happy with how I was handling things and how I just felt like life was out of control. And so that's how I ended up in fitness. I just felt like I needed some kind of control in my life. I needed to feel like I had some sort of control. So the two things that I felt like I could control were how I ate and how I trained. Mm. And so I just focused on that. I, I lived on YouTube. I lived on Google, uh, followed all the fitness gurus and the bodybuilders and just picking brains, you know, from afar. And eventually I just started to figure out what worked for me, the work, the foods that you know, I should eat, shouldn't eat. You know, trying all the diets and the fads didn't work in the past. So I really just started to create my own personalized nutrition plan. And I started training differently. I didn't train how the rest of the team trained. I did my own thing. So practice usually would be in the morning. In the evenings, I'd be in the gym. Mm. And that was, it became religious. And you um, after games, right? Sometimes after games. Yeah. If I can get in there. So at the, at the time, the gym that I used to go to was closed early. So if I had, if we had the first game, which would be at four 30. I'm out by, I'm trying to rush out of the gym. I'm heading home. I'm taking my, my, my supplements. I'm straight to the gym. And, uh, it just became routine. It literally became my religion. And once I started doing that, man, I, I just started, I started seeing change. I started seeing improvements. I started seeing progress and that's really what I needed. Mm. And that started to translate because I, I felt like now that my body was strong, it made me feel strong. It gave me confidence to start facing some of my demons and the issues that I had been running from and trying to bury for so many years. Right. So, uh, slowly just started to, uh, rethink and reassess my whole belief system started reassessing my whole 
just my own values and priorities. And life really started to change for me from there. But fitness really started everything for me. It's almost like deconstructing your identity from the past. And like you've built all these memorials from your past experiences. But I think this was a, this was a great time for you to like reevaluate everything with what you had and try to pick up the pieces that you want to take out of the out of those experiences and how you can actually elevate your your life. So 100%. 100%. The reason why I think fitness has also helped me not in terms of just physical, you know, the the reason to be honest completely honest Kelly um fitness also saved my life not literally but like uh mentally, emotionally, spiritually because how I started was I think how a lot of people started, they want to look good in front of a mirror. They want to shed some fat, but like after so many years that didn't resonate well with me anymore. For me, training is more of like an active meditation for me. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like zeroing in for myself, just taking care of my body and, you know, um, decluttering all the noise around me. So I think that's something that you also feel when you train. 100%, man. And, you know, going back to what you just said, being a whole mind, you know, spirit, you know, uplift for you. I I think that is, that's the complete definition of saving your life. It it did the same for me, right? Because you can look as good as you want and your body can be, you can be as physically strong as you want to be. But if your internal stuff is messed up, it it affects life. It affects your world and affects your perception of it. And I'm a very strong believer of you know, what we think is, is how our world is presented to us. Right. And I, I, through fitness and the growth for me and, you know, spiritually, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, I know I'm creating my world for the better, you know, so, you know, feeling that I have more control, knowing I have more control and and creating my world from that place of power. I, I, it it definitely, it's a life-saving thing. And you mentioned, Kelly, in, in that podcast with the Ultimate Fan Hub that one of the biggest lessons that you've learned is accountability and taking mm-hmm. things in control in your own hands. So um, there's actually, I, lear- I learned something that there's a difference between um, self-esteem and self-efficacy. Self-esteem is like, you know, um, you're basically telling yourself, I feel good, I feel good as a person, I'm kind. But self-efficacy actually means you have you know that you have the ability to work on things so with having that said maybe you can walk through as to your evolution you've gone through a lot of experiences and challenges from the past but how did you have that mindset that okay it's time to like be accountable for my own decisions and not put the blame for other people good question man i you know what it really started for me in detroit you know, growing up and just having to jump into real life early. You know, I lost my dad at seven and that's really when the world opened up to me. I started realizing that, you know, people live and they die and they don't come back. That's when, when I really started to open up to the world. Every year after that, all of them strong male figures in my life were passing away. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how it started learning how to and i didn't there wasn't no counseling there was no therapy sessions it was all on you i was the youngest 
it was all on me. My sister was, is, it, she's five years older than me, but she was kind of, she understood everything that was going on. So she kind of went off in her own way. Yeah. My brother, who's two years older, he's autistic. So he's kind of off into his own world. So I was the baby at the time and still trying to figure everything out. I had to do it on my own. My mom was working double shifts to make ends meet. And, you know, I was kind of just out in the world, just figuring it out. So that's how it started for me. And then growing up in Detroit, man, the, the, the mentality there growing up is like, you learn at an early age. It's like, you know, if, if you, you, you got to hustle or you don't eat period. And we, you know, the, the, the guys I grew up around, you know, we, we were just all around insecurities and fears and, you know, what's going to happen next and, you know, scrounging for, for dollars. I used to take bottles to the store. I was telling one of my friends recently, yeah, I used to go around trying to find bottles in like alleys and, and cars and take them to the store just to, to get like the, the deposits and play video games or pick up chips. But, you know, that that's the, the mentality I learned early on. You got to really pave your own way. And if there is no way you make one. And so like watching my sister, you know, grind and do the, you know, do what she does to, to make sure her kids are taken care of. And my mom grinding all her life and, you know, my best friend and all my friends, everybody is, you know, doing what they have to do, putting their head down, working and, 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 and succeeding. That's something that I came over here with. So, you know, with that already in mind, it was like, all right, well, I can't stop. So that's where the, the, the whole idea of if you get knocked down, you better get back up because nobody's going to help you up. And so, yeah. And then going through my own life trials as an adult, you know, like we all, everybody is, you know, you got to figure out ways. You have to find ways. And, you know, for me, it's, it's been, I've been knocked down more times than I can, can count, but I, I, and I don't say, I don't want to say I, I, I'd say it with pride, but if there's anything to be proud of, it's like, all right, well, nothing, nothing kept me down. And I'm at a point now in my life, man, where it's like, nothing's going to keep me down, mm. you know? So instead of walking through this life in fear, like I used to, or hoping something else might ha or hoping something else might not happen. I'm like, let's go, you know, let's go life. What you going to throw at me? I'm ready. Was there any point in your life when you just completely surrendered and like, you know, because I think when it comes to uh, hope and I don't think people lose hope. It's just that they lose faith in themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and I think those two words are interlinked with one another because I think a lot of people are hoping for a better outcome. It's just that they don't know how to get there or they, they lose hope within themselves. So yeah. How, how did you have that mindset, especially with everything that you have experienced? Uh, you know what? It's not easy. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's what, that's the biggest factor in people not being able to stand up, you know, because when we feel good, there's all kinds of hope for all of the dreams and the things that we want. But when it gets hard, it feels like that's the only reality available to us. And I say that because, you know, even through all these years and as, 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 as strong as I feel and as ready as I feel, like I have my days where it's like, man, you know what? I'm, I'm going to close the blinds. I'm not getting out of bed today. And before I would feel like, 
you're, you're a fraud, dude. Like you're telling all these people that you can get up and whatever, but then you feel like this and have these days. Then I realized, man, that's just life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we all have bad days and it's okay. The, the bigger picture, the bigger in the grand scheme is like, are you going to get back up? Because mm-hmm. okay. we, we all get knocked down. It's a matter of if you're going to get back up or are you going to wallow and, and, and sit down. So, you know, I don't feel bad when I have my bad days. It's just, that's just how it is. I'm human. You know, I'm, I watch, I used to watch a lot of motivational speakers and, and guys that, you know, used to pump me up, but then I would feel bad when I have a bad day. Like, well, this, this guy wouldn't do that. Or this speaker wouldn't do that. Why am I doing? It's not about that. It's about whether you get back up, nobody else. And there's a, it's it's that's it the point blank period like other i have a bad day i had a bad day yesterday but you know today i got back up and did what i had to do and there's a lot of times when we tell some of these drama stories within ourselves in our, in our minds and those are the things that actually limit us from transcending because a lot of the stories we tell ourselves are not are not actually true the stories and the reality are two different things when, when we try to realize. So, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to your, um, your social circle, I, I'm pretty sure that you're a type of person that really values quantity more than quantity. And the social estrangement is something that is very powerful, especially during challenging times. So, and I think you've mentioned this from the past that during the challenging times, this is, this is the perfect time we're in, <clears throat> you will know who's actually there for you, you know? So how did you handle that before? Yeah. Uh, who, who, who were the people behind you, you know, during those times? I, I, you know, I, I, I was just talking about this recently too. I, I'll go back to 09 when I, when I initially got, uh, had that health scare. I was stuck in home for about five months. And that whole process of realizing that all these supporters I thought I had, I didn't really have, you know, uh, I was not even married for a year yet. And I was dealing with these things and trying to balance my life. But within that five months, I think I had maybe three people come and visit and see how I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I I really took that hard uh, because the, the kind of guy I am, I, I, I'm, I let myself to be very vulnerable. How I was before, I, I, I would open myself because I'm naturally, I wanna be transparent. I like to be authentic. I like to be genuine. And Same. at the time I was very open and very like, we're all friends and we're just here and happy. But when, when I would get, if I would get hurt or get burned, you're out of there, you know what I mean? or I would, I would close off to a person real quick. So when that, all that stuff happened, you're still new to the league and still well, fairly new to the league and still, you know, just kind of enjoying the experience. When that happened, I immediately just shelled off to everyone, mm-hmm. even to my, to my ex-wife really at the looking back at it. And so when I came back on the court, man, it was just like, it, I felt like it was me against the world, mm-hmm. honestly. And all I focused on was like getting right and getting back. Uh, obviously, as, as you get older and, and you mature, you start realizing that it's 
it's not everyone's not against you. There are people you can let in. So over the years, though, I, I do prefer to keep my circle small. And like you said, it's, it's definitely quality over quantity. I, I've learned that to, to embrace that more. And I'm still learning to uh, open up about, you know, difficult times and when I'm, when I'm struggling. Uh, but over the past few years, four or five years, I've been really uh, trying to reach out a little more. I have been reaching out a little more to the people who I can trust. And uh, as, as far as who, you know, as, uh, there's, I always, there's my mom, but I try not to go to my mom too much because, you know, she's, she's pure Filipino and she'll worry about her baby and she treats me like a baby even now that I'm 38 years old. So I try not to worry her too much, but I, I do like the comfort I get from her. My sister is one person that I go to constantly. Um, she's very cool and, and relaxed in, in turbulent times. And I've seen her go through her stuff and she's like, yep, it sucks, but everything's gonna be all right. She kind of has that vibe and I, it calms me down. And I think I'm a patient and calm person, but she, she really, uh, balances me there. Um, Be a mother figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's uh, she's like a mother sister best friend, really. Uh, she she wears different hats for me at different times. Um, and I, I just I've had I've had some really you know, there's people that have been in in and out of my life in the past you know five years who played awesome roles early on and who are no longer even in my hemisphere anymore. And that's just another thing that I've had to realize as well that was hard for me to understand because after my dad passed, I was always like, people go. I want to try to keep things in my life. So I had to realize that, you know, there's people, and we hear this a lot, there's people that are in our, our, our lives for a reason. There's people that are in our lives for a season. And so I just try to appreciate those times, you know, and not try to hold on to anything uh, too long uh, or longer than it should. Another thing that I'm still working on, but uh, you know, I, I got some, I got some good people behind me, man. And I think it is important to be able to reach out. If you can reach out to, 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 to people that you can trust and be vulnerable with when you're struggling, it really helps you get out of that funk. I'm the same type of guy as you, you know, um, I grew up with actually a chip on my shoulder, you know, it's almost like I feel like I'm always an underdog. So part of me back bef back in the day was also like you, uh, me against the world, but I've come to realize that the best analogy that I can think of, it actually helps me, is that I think of my life as a movie when I, I, I'm, I'm part of the audience and when people come and go, it's just that there may be a part of the story, but they're not really a major player or character in the story. So when they, when they leave and they go, then I don't take it personally, you know? So maybe it's just, that's just the nature of our life. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. I'm still working on that. Not taking things personally. It's uh, it's one of those things you got, you got to just allow yourself to grow and all that stuff. I'm not talking about just that, but mm -hmm. in, in everything we all, like you said, we all have our issues and we have to be able to be open and honest with ourselves enough to be like, all right, this is an issue, but I want to get here. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm right here. Let's work on this stuff internally 
while we're working on the stuff externally. And I think that's how we move forward. What does your uh, ritual look like nowadays? Like maybe can you talk about your morning ritual or bedtime ritual if, if you have any? Uh, my morning ritual, I, I try to typically get up early and um, like today was different because I really needed the jump start. So I got up early and I immediately went out for a run uh, just to shake my body loose. Uh, but typically I like to get up early in the morning, meditate, read, and then I, I, meet, I just start working on different projects. So if, it's, I'm, if I'm writing or if I'm studying or uh, it's really a lot of planning and outlining and and stuff like that. But uh, I, I really try to take the first three, four hours of the day to just uh, focus on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at night, it's typically the same. You know, I, I wind down, clean up, make sure my puppy is good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, I turn on my salt lamp and just kind of, you know, meditate a little bit take a nice warm shower to get my body and, 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 you know, right for bed and put on a meditation and fall asleep to that. Start it up, start it up again the next day. And what does the painting practice uh, do to you in terms of your mental and emotional work? Painting. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, paint, painting is, I've been saying it's therapeutic. It just, it's the same. It gives me the same effect as if I'm riding my motorcycle mm-hmm. or, if I, because I'm one, I'm the type that I once I get onto something, I it's laser focused on that thing. I don't want anything else going on. If I'm writing, if I'm reading, I don't want anything else going on. And I, I might be on the spectrum, but um, it just it it takes me away. It takes my it detaches my mind off of whatever I might have been worrying about or whatever might be too heavy on my mind. Even if it's good, sometimes when something good is just weighing too heavy and I want to get into it, I like all right, separation. So that's really what it does, man. It just kind of redirects my focus onto that one thing. And I like to do a lot of things. So sometimes it's painting. I might just jump on the keyboard and mess with the keys or I might mess with music or, like I said, read or write or draw or something. Anything to kind of detach. Whatever I'm feeling at that time, I, I, I do that for that reason. What is something that you're really looking forward to the next chapter of your life now that you're retired and congratulations on your retirement. But now that you're entering a new, a new series or a chapter of your life, what is that something that you're excited about? I'm excited about being closer to my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't be in the States uh, soon, but uh, near future, six, whatever months, however, whatever time. And I know that I can, you know, be closer to my kids. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about finishing up um, these projects that I'm working with and the people I'm working with um, and seeing, just seeing that, um, yeah, seeing the end product of all those things. And um, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm kind of nervous at the same time and I think it's natural just when you're kind of when when you're in a a place where it's kind of unknown I mean I've I've been playing basketball every year literally since I was nine so and if I wasn't playing I was thinking about it thinking about the next team or thinking about improving 
where now it's like I'm not thinking about working on my game, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 a new world for me right now, but I have a lot going on that's kind of keeping me active, keeping my mind and body busy. So yeah, it's that. It's, it's, if there's anything, it's those two things. Seeing the uh, the end the end uh, games with these projects and uh, being with my kids. I'm actually very happy for you because when you when you talked about or you you mentioned your kids, I know it was really, really tough for you to not be seeing them for years and for a long time. And as a father, what is what what are the some what are some lessons that you learned from your kids? I think as a father, there's so many things that you learn about yourself when you when you have kids. And sometimes I think people have this misconception that, you know, a father in a son relationship is all about providing um, maybe safety, security. But as a father, I'm pretty sure that you've already gained some lessons or some realizations about yourself from them. So what are those stuff that you learn about them, that you learn about yourself? Yeah, uh, man, every, every day I'm learning about myself. It's, it's, it's tough because, you know, I see, we talk about <laughs> like not being, not worrying about the next person or what everybody else is doing. And I see guys online with their, you know, posting pictures with their kids and the videos and all that stuff. And, you know, for the first two or three years, that used to like burn me up. Mm-hmm. Not about the people, but just to the fact that I'm not with my kids. I don't know, call it jealousy, call it envy, whatever. And so I really struggled. I struggled uh, to to accept that that was the situation that I was in. And that was the situation that my kids were in. Again, like I said, I, you know, I go back to losing my father when I was seven. One of the big things for me with having kids was like, I want to be available to them. You know, I know how it was growing up looking for a father figure and trying, you know, hoping and wishing I can have that guidance that I needed. But I still need, you know, uh, at times. So I want to make sure that I, I'm that for my kids. Now, thank God that we have this technology, you know, I have FaceTime. I FaceTime with my kids twice a day. And at the, the thing that gives me peace is knowing that they have access to me. You know, they text me kid stuff, you know, videos and gifts and memes and all that stuff. But just knowing that they have, they have, they just knowing that they know that I'm here, right, is enough for me to kind of help me get by until I'm with them. So I think, one, you know, one of the lessons for me, one of the main lessons is that you know, kids, kids are kids, you know, and they're, they're impressionable, obviously, and, and influenced by the people that are close to them. So, you know, I just try to make sure I'm staying aware of what, what's going on in their lives. Like, I, when I see my kids before they go to school, I'm, I, I have their their lunch menu on, you know, whatever that their, their school sends. They're like, oh, enjoy your cheeseburger on a bun and carrots today. Like, oh yeah, that's what we're having today. You know, just, I, I want them to know that I'm, you know, I'm involved. I don't want to be this yeah. 
as distant than I'm already, as I'm already am, you know, I want them to know that I'm involved, that their dad loves them. And I think that's all you can really do in, in my position for now. And, you know, just trust that later on down the, down the line, you know, th that this time impacted them positively more than anything and just go from there. I think the good thing about that is you're not trying to meddle too much with what they're trying to do or what they're trying to enjoy. It's just that what your job is just basically to guide them towards the right direction. Because a lot of times I think as father, as a father like you, you know, and all the fathers out there, they try to interfere too much knowing that they simply want to force their children to be like them. Mm. But I think, you know, having kids is a good, it's a, it's a, I think it's humbling, especially for you to like, uh, accept the fact that they can't be really like us. It's just that we maybe having kids is almost like saying, I'm just here for the, as a guidance, just to guide them towards the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This whole situation for me has been humbling. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I wasn't, and I look at the, the, the first few years of their lives when they were here, because they were both born here in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And if, if I don't have any regrets in my life, but if I could do something different, it would, it would be how I interacted with them and how I spent time back then. Mm -hmm. I was so focused on basketball and I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm handling my career stuff the right way. I was still battling just to, you know, get back on the surface of what I felt was the surface in my career. So um, a lot of the time I was laying up on the couch you know, playing with them and watching TV and kicking it with them and all that. But, uh, you know, it's just, I wasn't, I wasn't who I am now. And I, obviously that's just, that's how it should be. You should be growing and that's, that should always be the, always be the goal, but it's definitely just, it's been humbling, you know, cause you never know when that time will be, or if that time will be taken away. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm still here and alive and, and able and to, to, be in their world in some way, but it, it's definitely helped me to appreciate the times when I am able to be in their physical presence. And um, when I when I get back, I'm gonna make the most of it. Yeah. All right, Kelly. So we're winding down already towards the last phase of the mm -hmm. podcast. Maybe if there's anything that you want to share to people, where can they find you, or what is something that they have to look forward to with your work? Maybe it's, this is the perfect time to share. Yeah, well, I'm I'm most active on Instagram, mm -hmm. um, not too much on Facebook, but yeah, Instagram I can be found on there. Um, at this point in my life, Denzel, honestly, man, it's it's all about whatever I put out. It's all about making sure it's it's it's, it's it can be valuable to somebody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but the next book that's that's really all it's about. And I'm sharing my story, and I've done talks, and I'm. I'm working on getting better with presentations um, because that's what I want to do. I want to be able to, to talk to a room of, of people and change somebody's life for the better, mm -hmm. even if it's just planting a seed, you know what I mean? And doing it in the most real, authentic yeah. way as I possibly can, mm -hmm. but just making an impact on people's lives. I think that's why I had to go through everything that I went through because I feel like that's, that's in me to do so with the book, some of the projects, 
it's, it's really about making positive impact. So I, I, it'll probably, it may be less selfies. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. I might put up a shirtless pic every now and again, but it's, it's even that is for the sake of fitness and motivation and inspiring people. Cause I am 38 years old and lots, a lot of times people, you know, make excuses. If it's one thing, it's like people will make excuses like, Oh, I'm older and this and that, but like, it's, it's not, or, you know, people will say, well, you're an athlete or because, you know, your genes. And I'm like, don't, don't try to put me in a box. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to put a title on me. It, there's no excuses. So a lot of times when I'm, when I'm, when I'm posting stuff like that or flexing or something, it's, it's for that purpose. And I make sure I, it's, it's clear in the, in the, in the captions, but uh, it's really, it's all about trying to inspire people, man, with my story and, and the stuff that I've learned over the years and my my whole mindset behind it is like if if one person can say man that was that helped me a little bit mm-hmm. then you have I'm, I'm satisfied mm-hmm. yeah i'm very excited for you man um and i think you're that person that has so many gifts that you can offer to people and i think that's one of the big reasons why i, I that my only feeling and my gut feel is you were set forth here on this earth to really share your purpose, which is to uplift people. Despite all of the experiences that you had from the past, I think, you know, this is the time where everything is coming into fruition. You've already accumulated all the lessons that you, you, you need. And I think this is the time now wherein you have to sort of um, generate all those lessons and pay it forward and contribute to the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah next phase of your life i appreciate you man and I, I, one last thing i'll say just, just kind of piggybacking off what you said i think that's what we're all here to do and there's only a certain few of us who are willing to do the work internal work and bring it out yeah and i think this is what you're doing here man with this podcast and what you've been doing with with your instagram and you know all the things and the lessons that you've been putting out there man it, it's amazing and it's it's making changes for people mm-hmm. um and it's it's just positive energy back into the world and and it's going to continue to come back to you uh, tenfold man that's 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 very uh, promising and thank you for that i think the best um well my thinking is that all of us are playing one orchestra i think we're all one playing one music it's just that we all are playing different instruments you know what i'm saying like you know all seven billion people around the earth are playing yeah. one music is that it's just that all of us are playing different instruments. So I think yeah. coming back to what you said, all of our purposes, I think all the same to contribute to the common meaning and to find a common place wherein we can contribute to the world. But the path to getting there or the instrument that we're holding would be different. So maybe for you, it could be speaking, it could be writing a book. Maybe for me, it's about coaching. Maybe for some people, it's creating a business or whatever. So, you know, the tools can be different, but I think the common, the destination will be all in the same. Play yeah. your instrument, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the message for everybody, right? <laughs> you got to play your instrument. If you don't play it, we don't hear it, yeah, right? That's perfect, man. That's a perfect analogy. All right. Thanks, man, Kelly, for taking time to holding space for me uh, in, in this uh, wonderful morning. Uh, I hope you have a great day. I'm looking forward to the next 
part of your life. I'm really excited for you, man. Um, this is the only beginning. Very excited for you. I appreciate you, bro. Good luck moving forward and have a great weekend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed and learned something from this incredible man, Kelly Williams. Kelly is more than a PBA champion. He is more than a baller. He is more than an MVP. And I think his story can really uplift the lives of so many people out there, especially during this pandemic. And that's why this episode is very fitting, especially now that so many people out there are struggling, not knowing what to do next and filled with anxiety so you know i feel that we can always use his story as an anchor and fuel ourselves whenever we're faced with tough situations and you know what he's been through is uncomparable to the situation right now we're all facing because he's been in the lowest of the lows you know and Knowing that he didn't back down, he rose to the occasion and faced it with full head of steam is something that's very inspiring. And I personally am looking forward to his next chapter of his life, especially his second book. His first book was actually very well written, but as he has said, um, the first book is no longer a part of his story. I mean, it's still part, but then... He has completely revolutionized the way he thinks and the way he perceives his reality now. So that's why I'm very looking forward to his second book and to all his projects that he has laid out for himself. Um, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode to your friends. Tag us on Instagram at bewellwithdenzel and at kxwilliams21 so we can share your Instagram stories and reach to as many people as we can. Please also watch out for weekly episodes every Sunday. So I have lined up very, very incredible and amazing guests for you to really help you uplift your wellness, whether that's in your mind, your body, and your in life in general. So without further ado, I'm hopping out now. I'm saying goodbye and take care for all of you. Have a great week.